0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Jed. 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton, owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the app store. The Stauffer recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. Uh, Brendan Escott's recommendation, the Texan for his former favorite NFL team. What a debacle, uh, is going on there right now. Wow. As uh, we bring aboard our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling. No payments and no interest for one year at legacy. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. The water cooler topic today obviously has to do with Tim Peel. And the uh, National Hockey League, and a man who's got as good as sources as anybody in the league is our NHL insider, John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you? Good, Bob. Nothing going on in hockey, is there? Not much. Uh, let's oh. see. We got we got the Canadian shutdown for at least uh, three games uh, involving the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, and then obviously this whole situation. And and you can, hey, you you produce games. I, I mean. You know, you've, you've had a lengthy NHL career. I'm sure there's lots of times if that mic was hot, there might have been some hectic. I I, mean, I don't know how many times I saw players have a little bit of give-and-take and repartee. Uh, I remember Brian Trace giving it to... Uh, Andy Van Helmen in the playoff series with the Oilers back, actually the one that was in 81 and a plain, yeah. plain audible blank you Andy on a on a call late in the game that gave the Oilers a power play I mean, I, 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 was this inevitable that this was eventually going to happen? What do you
1: think? don't um but but that's that's not really the issue i I think the issue is uh not the fact that we heard it but what was said (laughs) um and 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 tim admitted that uh and and i have i I, full disclosure tim peels a friend of mine uh but tim said that uh he he made a, a call to to balance things out to set a tone as opposed to uh, actually calling a penalty, and uh, I, I don't think the NHL had much choice uh, but to find a way to make sure that Tim Peel doesn't referee again. I, I think that there's there there's there's too many, and I know fans are fans, and and you know what they have thoughts on referees, um, but but the NHL office tries its damnedest to maintain a level of integrity at everything, whether it be the schedule, whether it be travel, whether it be officiating, whether it be the call of the ice, whether it be the sound system, whether it be the lights, the boards, the glass. There's a level of integrity that needs to be enforced. Um, and with what was heard last night uh, on the re- – and, and, and everybody calls it a hot mic. I, I it, it was the referee's mic that was left open. So there are two issues there. First of all, Tim didn't turn his mic off. Uh, and secondly, uh, there's an audio man and a TV mobile in Nashville that left the mic open. So there were two gates that were left open for the for the cat to get out. Um, but at the same time, what Tim said was inappropriate, who he said it to, a Nashville player, was inappropriate. Uh, and the league needed to do something in order to to um, create uh, a level of integrity that everybody can buy into.
0: Todd, do you think that the games get managed?
1: I I, I do. I, I have at times thought games got managed. And, and more, more than anything, to try to avoid uh chaos you know call a penalty don't let the referee don't don't let these two guys uh, get out of hand give that guy 10 minute misconduct don't give him a 2 minute minor uh i do th- i do think i do think that games get managed to an extent yes i do
0: yeah, well, we we agree with that. Now, and I've stated before, we've had this conversation over dinner before. I can, I can recall in Buffalo, we talked a bit about the fact that it was always my belief that there's a comfort level with officials with players, veteran teams. I thought got veteran veteran calls. The Oilers of the early '80s didn't. You know, they were seen as brash and cocky. The Islanders were the veteran team by the late '80s. Even though Edmonton didn't have quite the same horsepower because Gretzky and Coffee were gone, I felt they got some calls at times playoff series like against boston um and then when edmonton surfaced back into the mix you know in in the in the late 1990s maybe the dallases and the colorados might have gotten a few more calls because they had older more experienced players uh do do you think there's there's something to, to, to that or do you think do you think that's maybe over uh over sort of evaluating things
1: i think it's oversimplifying it for sure um yeah, You know, referees are still human. Referees, every human can be intimidated. Uh, not everybody's perfect at their job, and I'm not making excuses. What Tim Peel said on the ice that was heard was inappropriate. And the league, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm literally amazed that there are people saying, well, the, the league overreacted. I think the league reacted in a manner that they had to react uh they had to do something before the next game is played Uh, and uh, that's exactly what they did when they when they got all the evidence yes i did say it um it was on the air it was on uh, multiple levels of of media Uh, by midnight last night something had to do something had to happen before the nhl played another game which is what in an hour and 10 minutes from now or hour and 20 minutes from now in ottawa and so from that perspective the nhl acted quickly um and uh, and, and 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 in my mind an appropriate fashion
0: do you believe that there are other officials that officiate in the manner that tim Peel was officiating last night
1: It the same way I answered it. Uh, that do, do I think that referees manage games at times? And the answer is yes. That referees do manage games at times. Uh, I, I have never, I've never heard a, a referee say to me after a game, before a game, you know what I called a penalty just to keep make sure that they knew I was in control. I never heard that before. Um, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate. And I'm a huge supporter of the NHL referees. I think they do a marvelous job. Do I think they make mistakes? Sure, they make mistakes. Sure. Do I get mad at them at times? Sure, I get mad at them at times. Um, But, you know, in, in many ways, what Tim Peel did last night and what got heard crossed the line. And it needed to be dealt with.
0: Uh, we've seen with the National Football League and certainly with the NBA where the stars can walk all day and they can travel and the run-of-the-mill player can't. There is a little bit of a double standard uh, that, that better to the betterment of the star player. I don't necessarily believe that occurs in the NHL. Do conversations exist like we have to protect our stars more in the NHL? Does that occur at the 30,000 feet level with the managers and with the NHL brass?
1: I have been in the general managers' meetings. I have been in the hockey operations meetings. That, does, that in, in my time at the league and in, in, in and around everything that has never that I have never been present for one of those meetings that had involved managers. You know, in many ways, the general managers uh, have a great deal of say about how the game is officiated, and they believe in the human nature of what the referees do. They they have they truly do have trust in the referees for an overall feel for the game. They want referees to have a feel for the game. And the moment you say call it by the rule book as opposed to have feel for the game, those are two very different things, Bob. And if the re- the general managers at their annual meetings always tell the league, please let the referees feel the game. Don't don't just call it, you know, hard and fast. Let them feel what's going on on the ice for the betterment of the game itself.
0: We live in very different times, John. Uh, and I came from an era where, as a younger guy, if a 45 or 50 year old producer, when I was doing and stats, if I screwed up and he drilled me, I knew I was getting it. That just came with the territory, and uh, and that was basically like every aspect of where, where I'm going with this. And I had this conversation with Brian Lawton. I personally believe that today's player is. More respectful of the officials than ever before. When I think back to the 1980s and when you guys had the audio down we couldn't hear the exchange between a player haranguing a ref on a call and 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 you know giving it to him, uh, I see. If anything, I, I see officials waving players off today when they've blown calls. Like like the player will sit there and go, that was you know it happened with Nugent Hopkins in Winnipeg about four or five. It was, it was about six or seven years ago. Probably his third year in the league. He had a breakaway. He got hauled down, and the ref shooshed him away, like, get out of my face. And that's Nugent Hopkins, and he doesn't say, you know what, if his mouth was full of it. And I got pretty upset. I got pretty upset. Uh, because somebody that at that time was in the orders organization like, Nugent Hopkins has got to shut up there. I'm like, he never says anything. What are you talking about? He never says
1: anything to the refs.
0: So do you agree that today's generation of players is more respectful to the refs than ever before?
1: Um, I, I, I don't know if I would put it that way. I understand what you're saying. What I would say is I think for the most part and this is where a 23-year-old, a 23-year veteran like Peel is different. I find the referees much more aloof, which means to say that yep, the I players, agree. I think, have learned that they don't need to, don't even talk to them because they're not going to pay attention to me, um, and so they don't waste their time. Uh, and and, and I, what I hear from you know teams that I talk with on a regular basis is that uh, you know they don't have access to the referees. They do they can they can't ask the referees questions like they used to be able to. Uh, they don't ask for near the amount of explanation that they used to because the the referees will say no I I just made that decision. And and there is there is a there is a gap between the officials in the two man system and what used to be in the one-man system where, you know, the personality of the referee would come out. So things have changed, and I don't think players interact with referees near as much as they used to, but I think the reasons are perhaps, uh, I don't think I would put respect on that list. I would put, there's just no point in doing it because the referee's not going to pay attention to me anyway.
0: Who's the current head of officials for the National Hockey League? Stephen Wackham. Who does Stephen Wackham answer to? Does he report to Colin Campbell still?
1: The sure organizational chart yeah he reports to he reports to Colin
0: Campbell but I can assure you that he hears as much from the commissioner as he does from Colin Campbell okay good stuff let's switch focus uh, wow take a look at what happened in Montreal over the last uh, couple days um, I, and we you know we uh, the the thing about this whole scenario is you never have the full information and stuff to gather so I mean is, is it possible theoretically as an example Edmonton plays tra- so Montreal and Edmonton are postponed for Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. Is it possible the Oilers play the Leafs on Saturday and Monday and could actually end up playing Montreal Tuesday instead of Montreal playing Ottawa? Is that a scenario that may exist for the National Hockey League? Uh, Well,
1: first of all, I think we'll know later today, Bob, uh, I think that uh, the league office is in direct contact. That as we speak with both Montreal and um, with with the Oilers, uh, as well as Rogers, who have a great deal of say in a, in this kind of stuff, just because yep. of they're the rights holder of of uh, the national package, and there are a couple of national package games that have been deleted. So, so from that perspective, uh, they're going to try to uh, they're going to try to move as few games as possible in order to facilitate these four games that Montreal has lost. Um, and uh, don't be surprised if we see other games affected by that. Which means, is there a possibility of the Tuesday? Yeah, there is. Uh, but at the same time, uh, don't be surprised. Uh, if, uh, you know, that four or five day gap. That the Oilers had. There's a new game inserted there and it's not a Montreal game and then the Montreal game gets moved to when the Oilers come back east again. And also don't be surprised if we see games after May 8th when the Oilers schedule is supposed to end.
0: Yeah, so I mean Montreal was supposed to play Ottawa on the Tuesday. If the Habs aren't ready to go, could the Oilers not just play Ottawa at that time and then only play one game against Ottawa the next time? Remember, they're supposed to play two more in Ottawa a couple weeks later. Is that a scenario that might work as well?
1: I, I think the league at this point looks at everything because you, you, one of the one of the things you have to be really concerned with and and it, it's not a laughing matter. But the amount of money that the and Oilers spent to go to Montreal to sit in their hotel room, I know, and that's you, you know it, that's not a cheap that's not a cheap charter. That's not <laughs> that, that's not cheap moving 50 people. And so not, and not so they hotel. literally went. And and, and and you know the Oilers lost in the short term they lost that revenue from those regional games. so now that money's going to come back but you don't want to be you don't want to be flying three time zones or two time zones rather uh, and sitting in, in Montreal for five days doing nothing. so that, they have to keep that in mind as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of other uh, non montreal games shuffled, Uh, for the Oilers to compensate and then the next time around when when the Oilers do go East again to play Montreal that they play them twice rather than just one
0: Hey uh, John uh, Gord Miller just put a tweet out uh, talking about the fact that the Oilers we all know they were in on Markstrom. Some people believe it was five times, five others believe it was seven years times five million and instead Edmonton ended up short gapping filling with Tyson Berry at one year 3.75 and Mike Smith at 1.5 on a one year deal it's kind of crazy how it worked out, right? When you think about it.
1: Well, uh, timing is everything, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, I, I they, to me, to me personally, and I, I, you know, I've talked to enough people inside the organization. I don't think the Tyson Barry uh, was a gamble. It was, to me, I was quite confident that it would work out for both the Oilers and for Barry, and hopefully, it will for both. Uh, when when, he gets, when we get to the opportunity of talking about a renewal. Um, the Mike Smith one was the was the one I think that was the biggest gamble, and I think that if Kenny had a nice cold glass of Chardonnay and sat with you, he'd probably tell you the same thing, that that was a bigger gamble. But at the same time, Mike Smith has proved the gamble well worth it. Um, but we still have, you know, we still have seven weeks to go, seven weeks to – to, to balance between uh, Smith and Koskinen to get the, the Edmonton Oilers to the Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: John, great stuff. Uh, thanks for your perspective on sort of the league inner workings and uh, the situation with uh, Tim Peel, and we will touch base on Monday.
1: Yeah, I guess we will. I, I'm not sure there's going to be a game, but, yeah, I yeah, know there will be a Maple Leaf game until un, unless there's a COVID issue, right?
0: Crazy stuff. Absolutely. Crazy stuff. Right thanks, for, thanks, John. All right, we're going to bang off some text here. Fletch in Calgary says it's becoming more and more evident uh, as we go to our Ashley Flores text line that McDavid's speed is very difficult for NHL referees to manage. How is it that the two referees who basically manage half the ice each can't keep up with McDavid and see the non-call penalties he draws? Uh, this then puts officials in a position uh, that they should be calling something. I just think that he can do stuff at a speed that it's almost impossible to judge. Uh, you know, was there a full hook? Was there... And then the other is, I do think there's officials in the league that don't want to influence. Like, Mark Jonette is a guy that does not call a lot of penalties. And so, I mean, you heard Kevin Bieksa from Sportsnet say, I'd hack and whack him every chance I got. You have to. You have to play him hard. And they're almost counting on the officials making the call again. Uh... (laughs) this text comes in uh, from Stacy says Bob you neglected to complete the best part of Brian Trotje's line to Andy Van Helmen go have another donut Uh, that was a different one that was Don Koharski I believe and Jim Schoenfeld and it was go have another donut you blankety blank uh, which you know happens back in the day DC says Bob are only two players involved in the whole Montreal thing or is it just two players isn't that what the taxi squad is there for? Is it the whole team involved in the COVID thing just wondering from D.C.? Well, apparently there's going to be an update from Canadiens general manager Mark Bergman. As it stands right now, there are only two players listed from the Montreal Canadiens on the COVID protocol list. Uh, Yoel Armia and and Miami. So both Finnish players. Uh, it is entirely possible that just one of those players has COVID and the other one's a close contact. And then it's what's the degree of COVID? Is it possible there could be a variant? Apparently there's, for those of you that study these sort of things, um, there are reports that uh, there's some challenges with variants out there as well uh, again you can text us at 780-496-0063 Bob my source in San Jose tells me that uh, he hears lots of comments every game against the Sharks the Sharks are one of the most penalized teams in the NHL over the last couple of years uh, Evander Kane's a guy that gets a lot of penalties he does and and uh and the Sharks have some older veteran players, so that would go away uh, from my theory that older teams, veteran teams get veteran calls. Alright, we are going to take a trip down memory lane as we go to this day in Oilers history. It is presented to you by Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the team at New West Travel, and here's Brendan Escott.
1: Back in 1998, the Oilers acquired defenseman Yanni Ninema at the trade deadline for rear guard uh, Dan McGillis in a second round draft pick. Now, Ninema played 399 regular season games over six years in Edmonton between 98 97 98 through the 02 03 season. Put up 188 points, collected 419 penalty minutes, and then was traded to the New York Islanders for Brad Isbister and Rafi Torres. As
0: I recall, uh, Ninema uh, had a relationship, a friendship with a writer in town by the name of Steven Sandor. We've had him on the show before, really knows soccer. And uh, Stephen currently has average. New magazine that he sort of oversees and they were huge. Uh, they had a very similar musical inclination. Uh, and so uh, I, Was it Thrash? I'm trying to think of what it was. Uh, Yanni liked, uh, liked the hard metal. Uh, back of the day uh, of that, there was a little or no debate. We will tell you, coming up today on 630 Chad, uh, just after a Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Vale at 2 o'clock, uh, thank you to Cassandra for passing this along to me. Uh, Jalen and I will chat with a professor from Carleton University about a new survey that finds the majority of employees struggling to survive in pandemic work conditions while the bosses are thriving and she'll also chat with an aviation expert on the future of the airline industry uh, in canada and what that could look like tonight reed wilkins as inside sports guests on his show tonight will include uh women's hockey legend haley wickenheiser of course arguably the greatest women's player of all time. Uh, some might say that uh, Marie-Philippe uh, Polan is that current player right now. And Rob Brown, uh, part of the Oilers Radio Network will join Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports Night. Tomorrow, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque for our friends of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication solar, Kevin Weeks, and Montreal-based uh, sports personality, Edmonton sporting icon, former heavyweight champ of the NHL, George Larocque. Eileen Bell up next with a global news weather traffic update. Oilers Now
1: with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.